This copyrighted podcast of the James Perspective has been paid for and funded by James M. Wilkerson. Any rebroadcast, reproduction, or other use of this podcast are a permutation and combination of words and sentences used in this podcast without the express written consent of James M. Wilkerson and the James Perspective is strictly prohibited. gentlemen good morning good morning good morning, good morning. Good morning. Good, now you hear that there's Dwayne, and there's glenn and you there's victoria sure. and me without vivance wow charlotte if charlotte knew i was doing the no vivance podcast with victoria live she would she'd be hold, here she would yeah. hold my nose and yeah. put it in my mouth like she does the dog yeah. <laughs> <laughs> welcome back victoria uh, we uh, let let you know kind of programming here. Uh, we're going we're going to talk about a Supreme Court case, which is what we usually do with Victoria's on, or at least some type of litigation. Um, and she picked this one, and I will tell you that that there's some things to be learned from it. At first, at first glance, you go, "Why did this even make it the Supreme Court?" But then you'll see why. Uh, we still have a lot to cover when it comes to Speaker of the House. We have Hamas and some things like that. So when Dwayne is on. He's going to explain to us. All right. So the, the dissenting opinion in the case she's going to talk about, Victoria's going to talk about, is written by Justice Brown. And if you remember, listeners, Justice Brown is who the most famous rant on James' perspective ever was when Ben went off on Justice Brown's nomination. She could not tell us how to tell the difference between a male and a female. And to Ben's blue collar, everything should have make sense. That made no sense to him. She wrote an opinion, a dissenting opinion in this case. But um, she says she wasn't an expert. She wasn't a biologist, I think, was her exact word. Yeah. All I know is that my two-year-old grandson knows the difference. He's not on the Supreme Court. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so we're going to talk about some of those things, especially since I want to know what a hard no is. That's what. That's it. I, I, you. That's that's my. I don't know the difference between a man and a woman. I thought no meant no, but apparently there are no's and there are hard no's. <laughs> it depends on what is, is. That's going to be over your head too, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Clinton reference. Yeah. Bill Clinton was taking a deposition and asked him if something that, is it your is it your argument that such and such? He goes, it depends on what is, is. <laughs> yeah. He so, was good at, well, if. This is blue, but it's really green. You know, he said stuff like that all the time. Weasel speak. Anyway. So, are you ready to, to, to present to us United States versus Hansen? Yeah, yeah. It's H A N S E N for those who want to read the opinion. <laughs> I think she found the slip opinion. Where did you find that? Oh, um, just a lot of uh, looking online for it. Okay. But, um, yeah, so United States versus Hansen. So, there was a man, Helen Hansen, who was promising um, immigrants citizenship via adult adoption, which there's no such thing as that. So he was essentially scamming. He scammed almost 500 immigrants out of money, making nearly two million dollars. So he would um, get people would, would find his program. He'd say, hey, give me about ninety five hundred dollars and I'll get you your adult citizenship. Um, and knowing full and well that that was not a legitimate way to gain citizenship. So the United States charged Hansen um, with, among other things, violation of Title Eight of the U.S. Code, 
Section 14, um, A1A, Clause 4, which is what's important here, and it's Clause 4 that forbids <clears throat> encouraging or inducing an alien to come enter reside in the United States knowing or in reckless disregard of the fact that such activity is or will be in violation of the law. So um, among the other things he was charged with, that's the one that he focuses on. And once Hansen was convicted, he made a um, move to dismiss the Clause 4 charges under the First Amendment, claiming that this statute was overbroad and was a violation of protected speech. Um, so the district court rejected that argument. Hansen appealed to the Ninth Circuit, who actually agreed with him, stating that they found Clause 4 to be unconstitutionally overbroad and that it criminalized advocacy speech. Um, so then Hansen, or it wasn't Hansen, it was um, the United States appealed to the Supreme Court, asking them to take this opinion under advisement. And the legal question here was, um, does... Let, let me stop yeah. you, because I can't let you say that. They they agreed to accept writs. Oh, yes. Yeah. Taking it under advisement is, means that they've heard all arguments, mm -hmm. and then he's not going to rule from the bench. He's going to go back into his office and write an opinion. That's taking it under advisement. Okay. So that comes later in the process. Right. We would rather you make that mistake here on this podcast mm -hmm. than make it your first year in law school. Yes. Exactly. They took, they, they took writs. <laughs> yes. So they took writs. Um, and the legal question that the court considered was, well, does number one, well, number one, does clause four of this um, statute violate First Amendment rights of the First Amendment rights of Hansen? And um, they also took the interpretation of the statute um, into consideration as well. So it was a pretty stark um, that was word salad. What does that mean? So they took um, a lot of their opinion and what they were considering is how should this statute be interpreted? So is it are the words encourage and induce when it was written by Congress meant to be the general terms as we know them? So like to encourage, I think they defined it as to persuade, to inspire. Or did Congress intend for these words to be um, a more cr narrow criminal definition? So associated with aiding and abetting and the solicitation and facilitation of crimes. Okay. So the court ruled seven to two that um, no, it does not violate uh, First Amendment rights that Congress intended for this um, statute to be very narrow, targeting um, criminal activity only and not really <clears throat> targeting protected speech like um, advocacy for immigration. Okay. So um, Justice Barrett wrote the opinion. Let's see. And she kind of goes... She starts with a little bit of wait, a wait, wait, wait. You're you're not woke. Oh, I'm not. You got to say who appointed her. Oh, who? It was Trump, right? <laughs> Trump, oh, yeah. yeah. The, the press will not do anything if they're going to say it was written by Barrett, by Trump appointee. Barrett. Trump a Perry, <laughs> Trump appointee Justice Barrett. Wrote don't the do opinion. that in law school, by the way. <laughs> they may, if, unless they do it, they may do it. Now I don't know. Uh, it may. <laughs> So she writes um, the majority opinion. I think she does a very good job. It was very well written. Um, so she starts with a little bit of a background on the case, which I've already gone over. Then she goes into the overbreadth doctrine, which is kind of what are the guidelines and the requirements that the court is supposed to use when somebody makes a challenge to a statute that it's overbroad and impinges on, infringes on some sort of constitutional right. So she states that the litigant must show that the statute prohibits more protective speech relative to its plainly legitimate sweep. So um, it's got to it's got to hurt more than it helps in order for it to qualify under the overbreadth doctrine. And she does state that this is something not to be used lightly, that it's very rare that litigants even have standing to bring forth this kind of challenge to a law um, to rep because you're having to represent 
a third party's protected speech, which it's often hard for a litigant to kind of be in the circumstances to bring that. Okay. So let me see if I get this. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting this from you. So mm-hmm. what she's saying is that his speech mm-hmm. is not protected because it's criminal. Yes. It's criminal to 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 scam all of these these mm-hmm. uh, aliens. I don't know. It's, it, you're not supposed to say alien. This is funny. When Sarah was at law school at Penn State, mm-hmm. she couldn't say alien, even though that's what the regs state. They call oh. yes. They would. They they were. They were so. They were now that that immigration professor apparently is gone. Mm-hmm. But yeah, wouldn't let her write alien on a paper. Well, what did she have to write? Well, you know how that is when they take away the term. Then you have to write a paragraph to say this is a person not born in the United States that does not have legal status to come here. Oh, okay. that, you know. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> alien. Okay. <laughs> now I understand. Yeah. Anyway, so she's saying. That is hypothetical. Mm-hmm. That this um, that his argument is even valid. You need to find somebody who was encouraging people to come to the United States, saying because I want an open door policy. Mm-hmm. That is free speech, but scamming aliens is not. Mm-hmm. And she's saying you scammed aliens, so you don't have. You might not even have standing. Yes, but um, she went ahead and ruled anyway. She went ahead and ruled anyway. Um, and he even kind of goes into that. Hansen in his application for writs to the United States goes into all of these hypotheticals in which this statute could harm protected speech, which um, none of them apply to what he was doing, which was just scamming, you know, straight alien. fraud. Yeah. Yeah. He was, you know, just not a very good guy. <laughs> <laughs> so um, she goes into the overbreath doctrine and how she's going to use it in this case, kind of establishing these are the what we're going to look at. These are the requirements that would need to be met if we were going to rule that this statute was overbroad. So um, then she goes on to really analyze the words encourage and induce, which are in Clause 4, um, because it forbids encouraging or inducing an alien to come and live here illegally. So the way Justice Barrett interprets it is that- May I ask you a question? Yeah. How was he doing this? Were they already here? Or was he telling people, come here and I will get you an adult adoption? Some were already here. Um, some were living in Mexico or in other parts of the world who had heard about this program through friends of friends, and they would pay him money. I think one instance, it was some somebody in Mexico who had saved like 20 years worth of savings from painting houses, spent a good portion on it coming here. He overstayed his visa because Hansen told him, hey, once you're in this program, you're good. Immigration can't touch you. So he was unknowingly breaking the law by staying past his visa, thinking he was in a legitimate program. How long did he do this? He, uh, I'm not quite sure how long. a lot. Yeah, 450 people he scammed. That's a lot of hamburgers. Yeah. Two million dollars. Two million dollars, yeah. Man, me and my stupid ethics preventing me from really making some good money. (laughs) Yeah, but you might be thrown in jail for it. Yeah, he did go to jail, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So the yeah, I think the maximum penalty is like up to ten years in prison or something. Per count? Um, I'm not sure per count, and it depends. I think his sentence was even higher because he was doing it for private financial gain. So the statute goes into all of the different punishments for. Okay. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So how the, somebody hadn't read a criminal statute before, they'll first they'll say. This is what's illegal, and these are the different ways you can do it illegally. And here are the here's what you could be sentenced if you did this, you get this much. If you did that, you get that much. If you did the other, then you get the other much. 
That's what, you know what I'm saying? And so he was in the one where he was doing it for private gain. Yeah, which is one of the higher sentence. Like it was a ma- maximum penalty. Kind but if of you're thing. a purple hair and you're just trying to help people get here, you're not really trying to make money on it. You're just trying because you think it's bad that Mexicans can't come here all the time. Then that person goes to jail, too, but for less time than someone who's pocketing the money. Yeah. Got it. So Justice Barrett um, continues. She goes into a very long history about the words encourage and induce and how they are associated with solicitation and facilitation um, and the aiding and aiding and abetting, which are um, criminal terms. She says that you're they're, from the South. Yes. Aiding and abetting. Aiding and abetting. <laughs> <laughs> and thus we have no violence. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> That's like when I went to Penn State, I let one y'all slip and they were very suspicious of me from then on out. <laughs> All right. But um, yeah, she goes on and um, she says that there is a, uh, let me see, a lot of common law history that shows that the words encourage and induce and induce are very interconnected with solicitation, facilitation and aiding and abetting. But it's induced them to come here illegally. Mm-hmm. I don't see how that could apply to someone who here is here already illegally. Mm-hmm. The statute shouldn't apply. Oh, to somebody who's already here illegally. Yeah, just so he hears about the program. I love how you call it that. There be we heard about this program anyway. So so there's people here, and they say, "Well, I want to go take advantage of the program." Mm-hmm. And he took their money, I'm sure. Yes, so this he took statute, advantage of them. There you go. But it would, but it would not be encouraging them to come here illegally. Mm-hmm. They're they're already here. Yeah, maybe it's encouraging them to stay illegally. That might be it. And then I mean, there were definitely people he had encouraged to move from other countries yeah, to here. So one. those who it would those are clear. Yeah. Okay, we'll just stay with the clear ones. So yeah, she goes into this long history. Um, she differentiates between the words encourage and induce as terms of art so used as legal terms which have a very narrow definition compared to the words encourage and induce as general terms which we just use in our everyday vocabulary so hansen wants to interpret the statute as these terms congress meant them to be the general terms we use in our everyday vocabulary therefore it's very broad it infringes on people's protected speech did he give an example so an example he gave would be a journalist writing um, some sort of op-ed piece or an article um, okay. encouraging people to come to the United States and that being and him being criminalized and prosecuted for that under the statute. Something that should be protected speech. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, back to standing. Yeah. He didn't have standing to make the claim for the journalist. Mm-hmm. Got it. And so she rules that his interpretation of the statute is wrong, that Congress intended it for it to be a very narrow Um, The very narrow definition of these words. And then she launches into the history of the statute, how at one point it did include, um, I think, the words solicitation. It did include um, other aspects to it. But over time, Congress, in her interpretation, has removed some of that extra wording in order to streamline the statute and just make it a little bit easier to read because the words encourage and induce are so interconnected with aiding and abetting in um, the the just statutory history is her argument. And that's Amy Coney Barrett's argument. Yes, and and the court's argument. Yeah, they adapted it. It was it was everybody but two. Yes, actually. there was no. Uh, that was a majority opinion. Was there any concurring opinions? 
Yes. Um, Justice Thomas concurred. He agreed in full, but just went into a little bit on the overbreadth doctrine and how the he, history of it, surely. Yes. And how he thinks that it shouldn't be like he was like, this was a, it's an overstep. We shouldn't be using it to try and like Congress sets the laws. We shouldn't be using the overbreadth doctrine to try and interpret their laws. And yeah, I, I guess I guess I'm trying to make sure I understand, yeah. but I think I do. He was right down the middle of the strike zone of what they were trying to make illegal. In other mm-hmm. words, we don't want you encouraging people to come here illegally. Mm-hmm. And that's what he was doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, in other words, if you, you look at the statute, that's no doubt what they're trying to do. They don't want someone. And I and I can see that because, like yeah. you said, the guy, the painter guy is the perfect thing. Mm-hmm. And and if you've ever seen, have you ever been to Mexico? Mm-hmm. It, it, you go into new developments. Yeah. Okay. So here you have a, you have a, a, um, Subdivision, and you know that they're going to have contractors in there come in. They're going to put that house up. Specters mm-hmm. are going to come out and look at it. And you know, over time, you know, you, a few months, you have a house. But Dwayne, who goes a lot, can tell you that's not how it is in Mexico. Mm-hmm. You, they buy one brick at a time sometimes to build their house, and it, it takes them several years to even get the exterior wall up. Do you remember that? Have you seen that, Dwayne? Yes. Matter of fact, yeah, they don't like loaning money and so that's why they pay cash and they pay as they go yeah and so they'll just keep up build and build and build you know like that so that just shows you how poor they are but but some of it is that they're not stupid enough to get credit you know to, they don't some yeah, people, maybe there's some wisdom there anyway but yeah victoria gets to go to law school free there you yeah. go yeah <laughs> high five victoria <laughs> I want to say everybody but one, no two of mine did. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all right. So, so basically, then Thomas was just was agreeing with Barrett, but would, did he go into the history of it or what? He went into the history of the overbreadth doctrine and how he felt it was an infringement on the um, legislative branch's responsibility and power to create the laws. And that the court had used it in the past to interpret laws in ways they saw fit, like taking the original intention of the law and kind of skewing it. I'm going to give you another one that you get get to get it here instead of in law school. Mm-hmm. Who cares what he feels? Mm-hmm. He doesn't get to write down what he feels. He said, Dr. Justice Thompson, Thomas felt. Mm-hmm. Do you think his feelings matter? I mean, probably not. <laughs> so would you say thought? Thought. Yeah. Reasoned. Thought. Okay. <laughs> I don't feel like ruling your way. <laughs> <laughs> Make me feel big. <laughs> Isn't this fun? Yeah. I'm glad to learn it now rather than in front of 50 people. Because <laughs> there's certainly not 50 people listening to this. Yeah, yeah. We don't have, we don't have 50 listeners. Okay. If they are, they're not in the room staring at me. So. <laughs> What's funny is, oh, maybe 100,000 will listen to it someday, come back and pick it up. Victoria said feels. <laughs> Justice Victoria said. <laughs> yeah. Back in the day, Justice Victoria <laughs> said she felt this woke. way. What's that, What's that, Dwayne? Or be real woke and sing. You make me feel like a natural woman. <laughs> See why he's a computer programmer? Yeah. All right, here we go. So, sorry. No, no. You know the digressions on this show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we get tangents. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then the last argument that Hanson tries to make is that Clause 4 is, missis- is missing the necessary mens rea for solicitation and facilitation based on the modification of this clause throughout Congress's history. What's mens rea? Mens rea is criminal intent. So hey, goodness gracious. Yeah, That's I- awesome. Hey. 
So um, Justice Barrett strikes down that argument based on the um, history. Again, she goes into the history of solicitation, facilitation and it's um, how linked it is with encourage and induce, saying that Congress didn't need to put a specific mens rea into the statute. It is implied through encourage and induce, um, inducing an alien to come here and break the law. Um, it's just so embedded in statutory history and the history of these words that um, it, it, it was not necessary here or that it's it's already implied. Is it encourage and induce or is it encourage or induce? It is encourage and let me see, I bl- or induce. So okay. either or. So it's either or. All right. So if a woman's having a baby, you can say, come on, I'm encouraging you. Or the doctor could go in and induce it. That's the difference between the two words. Okay. All right. I'm, I just want to know, is that the legal definition? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They used babies too. <laughs> <laughs> women are giving birth. <laughs> That's in the definition. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, she just says that clause four only applies to purposeful sol- solicitation, um, that Hansen was not interpreting it correctly and that it has a narrow scope. So it's not infringing on anybody's protected speech. That's incredible that that made it to the Supreme Court. It He had a must have had a very good lawyer or something because I was very shocked that well, you got to realize that it only takes one of them to say this, take it. Mm-hmm. And it could have been Justice Brown. Yeah. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So, <laughs> oh, Jackson, Justice Jackson. I mean, Jackson, yeah. I mean, did I say Brown? Uh, I, to be honest with you, James, I thought it was, isn't that her middle name, Brown? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That's, that's her it. middle name. So it's like. Yeah. You didn't misspeak that much. I mean. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, it could have been that. You know, it didn't take it. They all don't have to. It's not a majority to vote to say one just has to say, I'm going to accept Ritz. And so apparently one did. Mm hmm. And, and and obviously it was either Sotomayor or her, yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, when you told me about it, I was going. This doesn't seem like something they would take that much interest in. But what I, what I will tell you this though, a little ph- philosophical thing, law, legal philosoph- legal philosophy thing. I'm not real crazy about um, these kinds of statutes. Mm-hmm. That's fraud, and fraud is fraud. Now, so so sometimes they'll say, that, you know, they'll have theft of, all right, so theft is taking something of value without permission of the other, right? Mm-hmm. Without the consent, all right? And um, you say, okay, well, then they got theft of peaches. Well, why? Why why would you have that? Why, why don't you just do theft? And then it occurred to me, all right, so you stealing a car is a bad thing because people get killed. You might have a baby in the back seat. There's all kinds of reasons that stealing a car is a bad, bad thing, worse than just stealing something out of someone's yard or something. Okay. Now stealing out of Glenn's yard is a dangerous thing. But uh <laughs> I wouldn't do it if I were you. <laughs> <laughs> but um it, it occurred to me one time when I was was rep- I was appointed to represent somebody who stole a car. And he goes, so I read him this the, the statute and it says if it's under five hundred dollars, it's a misdemeanor. Well the car was only worth nothing. Okay. So Sean Alford, who went to law school with me, was a prosecutor, very good prosecutor. She says, okay, I'll amend it to theft of a vehicle, which is a felony no matter what the value of the car is. So it occurred to me that they want to make them felonies sometimes because of something in particular that makes this worse. Mm-hmm. Another one is a dog. You may, It's a felony to steal someone's dog. A felony. Yes. Huh. Right. So, But the reason is because hardly any dog's worth 500 bucks. So if you steal someone's dog, I get you. They want to make it a felony. They want to discourage it strongly. Is that what? It means? Right, right. So if someone comes in and says, "Oh, it's just a misdemeanor." I just took a little mud. And in your peaches example, could be 
the peaches are ripe on the tree. I come by and pick a few. Yeah. That's theft. But is it hurting the world if you if I got a bushel, let's say, out of an orchard? But if enough people do that, that could be bad. Do you know in, in Les Miserables, mm-hmm. this is not considered a movie. This is a musical and or a book. It was a movie too, James. Okay, come on. Okay, in Les Miserables. If you'll remember, mm-hmm. have you seen that movie? Yeah. All right. You remember Jean Valjean had to go to court mm-hmm. and admit that he was Jean Valjean, <clears throat> you know, that, that they were accusing someone falsely mm-hmm. in his name. So it, that if, if Jean Valjean didn't turn himself in, some other guy was going to go to jail. You know what the crime he committed that, that put that, that, that made them arrest him? And then they think it was Jean Valjean. So the original crime by the person who was not, yeah. okay, was stealing peaches or something like that from a tree. <laughs> Oh. He was accused of that. So so that's yes, you don't want to go to jail for 15 years for someone else some, someone else's crime because you stole a peach. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was a peach, might have been an apple, but something like that. Yeah. Anyway, um so so what I I guess I'm trying to figure out is is this is different. It's one thing to commit fraud. It's another thing to get 4,500 people to come here illegally because of something you're doing. That's what I was missing when you told me that. Yeah. I was going, why don't you just charge him with fraud? Well, that's not, this is a special a special kind of fraud. Mm-hmm. We, you're making it difficult for us to enforce our immigration laws when you bring 4,500 people over here, take their money, make them poor. You, yeah. $2 million. Well, divide that out. What are you making per case if you have 4,500 people and you made $2 million? Yeah, I think, yeah, I got, we need to do the math, but it's just, it, yeah, it was crazy leaving people with nothing. They were stuck here and especially they were violating their visas not knowing it. I think another example, there was a student or something whose ex- visa was going to expire, who bought into the program, visa expired, never got their citizenship. Just And then it makes it worse for them, too. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, now, you know, in other words, once you once you um, once you ex- overstay a visa, mm-hmm. you have to wait like 10 years before you can yeah. apply again. Some crazy thing like that. Of course, they had no way to come here. Mm-hmm. All right. So what was Justice? Uh, you, did you tell us what was her dissent? What was her reason? Yes. Yeah, so Justice Jackson, um, her main reasoning and argument is that this case is about the interpretation of a statute. The majority departs from the ordinary principles of statutory interpretation to reach its conclusion. They take Clause 4, interpret it in a way that is different from how Congress meant it, and that in reality it is how overbroad. So- the majority, according to Justice Jackson, interprets the terms encourage and induce to be very narrow, when in reality, there's no history to back up that that is what Congress meant and that they're actually just the general terms in our vocabulary. I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. What, what's she saying then? You're saying it better than she did. Seriously. <laughs> what, right, here's what she's saying. That if we have a statute out there that is with the normal person sits there and reads it, goes, is this is this making me a criminal or not? I want to write an article about the fact that we want to encourage people to come here uh, legally or illegally. That, that's a good idea. We think they should come here. That statute's not there to, to, to stop that. Mm-hmm. But you look at what's going on. You look what's going on with, um, with the January 6th defendants. They're being charged with. Uh, obstructing uh, Congress from being able to do their business, which the statute was clearly defined, I mean, clearly passed at a time uh, where they uh, were trying to stop people from committing fraud, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, if you interpreted it that way all along, it wasn't being used that much. Very, very rarely were people committing some type of a forgery or a fraud or something like that to prevent Congress from acting. Well, they they stretched it to mean protest, mm-hmm. okay? And protesting is supposed to be protected speech. And is a misdemeanor if they go in there? You know, it's, it's always been a misdemeanor if you go government property. 
And, and so they've expanded. They've expanded that statute beyond what I think. So mm-hmm. what makes this case so huge is that the J6 defendants are going to be arguing, arguing what Justice Jackson is arguing. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly her argument is that the history of Congress doesn't show that like the majority interprets it as a streamlining project, just trying to clean up the statute. But she interprets it as an expansion of the statute. So all of, every time they were removing terms and just removing things from the statute, it was an expansion of it rather than just a cleanup project. You guys get what's going on? So what's going on here is, is that, she, that Justice Jackson is saying, look, you, we need to know what a crime is. We shouldn't have to guess. And I can read this and go, man, I'm writing an article. I could be committing a crime here and I don't know. Mm-hmm. So the only way you know is to try it and see what prosecutor tries to get you on. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that's exactly what happened with the prosecutions in J6. So instead of of focusing on the intent of the alleged criminal, they're focusing on the intent of Congress, multiple Congresses, as it goes through revisions. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And so the men's the men's rea the the criminal intent it, it would be nice if you could know for sure that okay this is just people committing fraud trying to get people here but I do agree that that we're it's not real clear mm-hmm. okay so what is this that she wants to just throw the whole statute out doesn't she yes yeah, she wants to rule it as um, unconstitutional so isn't isn't she basically saying let's prosecute for fraud not this law right well i don't think she's arguing you couldn't right mm-hmm. but this statute would not you could not convict him on this statute now the the the, the argument on the other side is is that we are we're limiting it now we're not going to cover it's not going to cover people who are out there advocating open borders we're not going to put them in jail mm-hmm. Um, but I would say this is a loss for the J6 defendants. I hadn't thought about it that way. That's a good point, though. Wow. Well, so protesting could be under the statute. Impeding Congress from, from doing their business. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm confused. Does that mean that the cartels can't be prosecuted for similar conduct, paying and helping people cross the border? Uh, you know, the, 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 thing that, that's, the thing that scares me about that is a great question. Great question. What scares me about that, though, is to see, I've always thought that the one of the worst things that ever happened was for us to get Al Capone for income tax. Everybody thought that was cute. Oh, yeah, we didn't get him for killing people because we couldn't, but we got him for income tax. And I thought, no, that's not what these statutes are for. This is not what this is about. You got now. Now we're going to go look for a crime to get you. We want to get Victoria. We're going to find a crime. Oh, hey, I found one income tax. Mm-hmm. And and so they can't get these cartel guys, so we're gonna get them on aiding and abetting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and I think um, that's a good point because I think it's hard to digest Justice Jackson's opinion because on its face, this guy he was just doing people wrong, you know, taking their money. So it's hard to digest that his argument might be something worth considering just because you know we almost don't want to consider it because of what he was doing. But I think she of does his make a good point. Reprehensible behavior. Yeah, yeah. You know the difference between the J6 and this? I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I wasn't listening to you. Say it again. Oh, no. You're, what did I say? I do do that sometimes, but I was deep in thought. Can I just say mine? Yeah, you yeah. Try to remember yours. Here is, here's the difference. Mm-hmm. The J6 defendants will have standing. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, they would, wouldn't they? Yes. All right. That's the difference. Yeah. So so they could say, we, we adopt Sotomayor. It's just, it should be unconstitutional because it's covering things it shouldn't. So just throw the whole statute out. But even if it's not, Justice Barrett said, you have to have standing. I have standing. You're mm-hmm. putting me in jail for this. There's the difference. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. See, we think things out in, in the James perspective. <laughs> this is very similar to what it's like in law school, by the way. Really? Yeah, you're supposed to. If, you, if, if you'll engage him. Yeah, yeah. You have to engage with him. 
her. Most of them are hers now. Well, I have one really? more question concerning J6 defendants. If they were induced, doesn't that mean that they likely would not have done that if it wasn't for somebody else's fault? Well, that's a defense. Okay. okay. Um, you did the crime. Let's say, let's suppose it was a crime, but you found out that you were set up by FBI's and you were not inclined to commit this crime without. That's that's the, the, the you, if you, to be able to be framed. That's basically that's not the legal term, but that's the term, term everybody's going to understand. You've been framed. Okay, so they had apparently for every two people that were protesting, one was an FBI agent or a CIA agent or working with them, and that they induced them, they framed them. Mm-hmm. So the first thing you do is say, did they commit a crime? If you didn't commit a crime, it's over. Oh, didn't commit one. And I think they did not commit one. They committed they committed misdemeanors. They yeah. did commit misdemeanors. All right, so so uh, then um, the next question is, was was there a defense? Okay, so the, you, get, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. then the defense would be, I was not inclined to do this. They're the ones that did this. The guy with the big cowboy hat whispered in my ear. Yeah, or for instance, if I'm a uh, wrongly accused and put in prison, a maximum security prison, and I have to kill somebody to survive, and then they find out I never was supposed to be there, then is my murder of this inmate who was attacking me. Right. Okay. Right. And it's, you know, I just recently had to interpret a statute for a friend of mine from high school. Um, their neighbor's dog was attacking <clears> my friend's <throat> yeah. wife. And I looked up the statute and the statute says if you kill someone's dog. That's a, it's a felony. OK. But then it says if it's justified, you can do it. OK. Now, is attacking and not biting justified? I would say yes. I don't think I have to wait. I'm not Israel. I can go ahead and take action against the dog without it actually biting me. I can say it looks like you're about to bite me. I'm going to do something about it, but Israel can't. Israel has to wait until someone bites it before they could do anything. But that's <laughs> that's a political reason, not a legal. Anyway, what I told him though is buy one of those sticks like Charlotte has. It'll shock the dog. Trust me, it works. You hit the first. If there, in fact, a pack came up in our house, Charlotte hit the first dog, and the rest of them took off. You hit the leader, yeah. So the alpha, and that dog was just attacking our dog. Oh, wasn't even attacking her. Just yeah. Oh, I don't, Charlotte doesn't mess around with dogs anymore. Not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> of course, she, she she had some good skills when, you know. It is amazing. There's Seriously, I have been reading about this. Very few people get in a fight with a pit bull and win. Oh, wow. And she did. She's she, tough. Yeah. Oh, I'm not messing with mm-hmm. her. <laughs> <laughs> Sleep with one eye open. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, I think that's why they took this case. Mm-hmm. That explains why they took it. Yeah. They see this coming. This is coming down the pike. The J6, this case will be definitely front and center when that case reached, when those cases reached. And so now they've ruled this way. Is that hurt the J6ers? I think it's okay because Barrett said standing. Standing. If you have standing, okay, but we're not going to let you do it. You you had criminal intent. Everybody agrees with that. Mm -hmm. You got $2 million worth of criminal intent. Yeah. Okay. Was it a lawyer? Oh, was it was Hanson a lawyer? Oh, I don't know. Because that's who's been scamming these people. It's not it's not been lawyers. Now there's there's been a few, but by and large, it's non lawyers. So they're calling it a program. I bet this thing was elaborate. I bet he got a nice website and everything. Uh, yeah. Now, how many people did he scam for two million? Forty five hundred. Oh, it was four hundred fifty. Four hundred fifty. So it was it's about four thousand bucks to forty five hundred bucks a piece. That's it. I think now I'm bad at math. Dwayne, you divide four fifty by by divide two million by four fifty. Right. Just two million. So that's two with six zeros by four five zero. That's what I get. 
444. He scammed 444, I mean, 4,444 people, 0.4. He, he scammed somebody for half of it. Oh. He scammed half a person. There you go. So he was charged about 5,000 a person. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a number a number that someone with low means could gather to, uh, boy, you know. So the, the cartels are charging triple that. Yeah, so it was a bargain. Yeah, but they still have to get here. Yeah. Well, uh, they're, they're helping them and facilitating that also. Wow. Yeah. They're, they're saying, y'all bum rush over here, and we're going to do the drugs over there and the money. You know, I'm written the, I'm, I've been reading the book this at night. Um, I should finish it tonight, but written in 1926. Mm-hmm. And we had scum back then, too. There's yeah. always been scum. No matter what you do, you got scum. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's communist, you got scum. You got free enterprise, you got scum. And there's nothing you can do about, about it other than put them in jail, I guess. Yeah. I mean, there's always going to be people that don't want to do the right thing, you know? There's people in my my experience that at some point in their life decide to be criminals and they never change. It. Rarely, rarely. I, should, I shouldn't say never. You know, I, I had a guy tell me one time that if, if you're if you're lazy at 30, you're lazy forever. That sometime between the 20s and 30s, you got to break yourself of lazy. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes I've kind of watched that and I've yet, yet to see somebody who was lazy at 30 become somebody. Mm-hmm. It happens every once in a blue moon. Well, I thought I was lazy, but I got through law school. But then I drank coffee, and I was no longer lazy. So maybe if you didn't <laughs> drink coffee till you're 35, you could be. <laughs> <laughs> Again, <laughs> coffee is a natural, natural, wonderful thing. So Especially when you get it PJ's coffee. Oh, baby. <laughs> All right. No, so so do we have anything? This turns out to be a very, very appropriate, very good job. Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. And Victoria, putting Justice Jackson's opinion <laughs> so concisely was wonderful, by the way. Thank yeah, you. Good job. So do you have any questions on that topic before we move on to the next one? Dwayne? When was this uh, opinion written? It was 2022. So it came out in their last term. Oh, no, no, no. 2023. So I think wow, they issued it about fresh. yeah the summer. Also, yeah. So it's very new. So you're, you're probably right, James. They're, they're setting it up. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. And she left it out there. If you have standing, you're okay. Mm-hmm. Gosh, that's the biggest travesty is the J6 protesters being jailed without any. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a whole nother thing i oh, absolutely yeah. absolutely all of a sudden you you're a protester and you step on government property all of a sudden you're a felon it's never been that way ever before. never before until the current administration yeah it's bad and, mm-hmm. and they're putting them in solitary um you know they uh, it's it's not good it's, it's horrible all right so a guy a, a guy pleads to a misdemeanor mm-hmm. now what do you think happened what do you know this for being here how often does a person who's a first offender misdemeanor have to spend a day in jail how often does that happen i would say that's not very often is it almost never. yeah um, i mean almost never mm-hmm. okay this guy's got to spend six months wow just they're they're treating them differently this is this is all it's, it's so political mm-hmm. and so draconian i can't even <sighs> right in front of us now mm-hmm. if it didn't actually disrupt congress proceedings would that change anything well, they, you see, Dwayne, I mean, the answer to your question is yes, it would have changed it if, if, the, if Congress just said, what's going on out there? Okay, let's keep going. Mm-hmm. That would have been different. But this was planned by the Democrats that they were going to try to get that big crowd that Trump was bringing in for the speech. 
get them over to the to the uh, to the capital with enough, with just as many, just about as many agents or people working with the government as there were protesters. Get them to go. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Because then you can have it. I promise. But once they get them on the Capitol grounds into restricted areas, then run away like you're going to die and say, oh, we almost died. I'm hiding. Remember old AOC? I'm hiding under my desk. She wasn't even there. She was lying through her teeth. She wasn't even there. So they made, they knew they were going to use that statute when they did it. And they all fled, stopped it so they could say you interrupted Congress. That was their intent. They had this planned. So now, Dwayne, go ahead. Ask your question. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So they were going to interrupt Congress, whether they truly needed to interrupt Congress, because Congress, half of them planned on fleeing and and making it a matter of record that it was interrupted. Without pulling a fire alarm. Correct. (laughs) So if you can ever find record of that pre-planning, by certain congressional people, then that would be a good defense. But that's on Santa Claus's computer. We'll never get that. Well, and my opinion, it's not there. Yeah. It's a wink, wink, nod, know what I mean, know what I mean kind of thing. What gets me about this again, though, is I I really believe that that Victoria's um, generation, my kid's generation, she's a little bit young for us, but um, our kid's generation needs to to read how the communists have done it in other countries. And this is the textbook. You put people in jail who dissent. It's textbook. It's textbook. That's how it starts, for sure. Yes. And so, I mean, I don't know why it's even a question. It really isn't. Even, right. it's, it's in fact, it's getting to well over 60% think they shouldn't even be in jail. Yeah. And I mean, you know, how does a protest morph into an insurrection? I can tell you how. The media and the uh, three-letter agencies and the Congress and everybody who wants this power structure to remain as it is, corrupt, uh, gets together and they just repeat it enough. And you notice they never called it a protest. They called it a insurrection Mm -hmm. every time, regardless. And it's only now that they're stopping to say that. They're just saying January 6th, and you don't even have to say insurrection anymore. That's a good point, because I remember it being on the news, and I only ever heard it called insurrection. And that's you. the images that flashed in my mind when you hear that at first are like, oh, these people, are they being violent? Is this, which, I mean, it's just a protest. You and know? If, if they yeah, did exactly. something wrong at a protest, prosecute them. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. You know, but I can't, you know, just... If you ever read the revolvers of January 6th, before anything came out, they did this very detailed Mm -hmm. of cell phones that were available and found all these. And it's just, they were all in Carhartt jackets. And some of them had, they all had either a black cap or a cowboy hat. It wasn't hard to figure out who they were. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of them. And they were like, you know, when the Trump protest got out, the one that convinced me was the protest got out and they knew everybody was going to exit here and they were going to peace, you know, protest outside the Capitol. Mm-hmm. These fellas, all of them dudes, took the barriers that were there and stacked them neatly to the side just before that. So it looked like, come here. The mm-hmm. barriers were down. They didn't breach the barriers. They weren't there. Mm-hmm. That's when, and then, you know, you got the pipe bomb they found that- for some reason, with all the video cameras we've got all over that place, we can't see. We can see where the guy came and placed it the night before, but we can't see his face. Right. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just so. Uh, 
And there what? is the man himself. <laughs> wow. That was that a, was an entrance, baby. I thought it Come was on. <laughs> this is Dwayne. Hi, Dwayne. Nice to meet you in person. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Sound like we had crickets. That's right. That's our audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how many people we have. Yeah. Crickets. So anyway, we were discussing you as you saw January the 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 sixth J six thing. I, I do believe that's that, that that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think yeah, most, I, that went in a place that we needed to go. For she, sure. you, you, we, none of us saw it. You saw it first. Hey, yeah. <laughs> so, so here I have another question. That's a tangent off of that. Is at that's what, at forty nine forty eight? By the way. Yeah. <laughs> At, at what point did somebody listening to Trump's speech become a J6 insurrection, insurrectionist? Where is it that they, when they walked, did they cross the line? Uh, I'm sorry, guys. I keep knocking it over. All right. He keeps, yeah, it's so, a mic so drop. It's a mic drop. So um, you're standing over there listening to Trump's speech, and he says, shortly we will go peacefully protesting and the respectively steps. so right there at that moment you're not a j6er right there's no criminal intent but at what point do i become a j6 insurrectionist well when I, the fbi flags you in through the velvet ropes at, at the capitol saying be respectful come on in i, I would i'm not sure your question <laughs> but i would say that anytime if i'm if i'm are you asking when did it come, turn from a protest to the quote insurrection when did i as an individual have criminal intent because that's what they're saying is mens rea here we go mm-hmm. um no where, right. where did that come in they're gonna say I, when you went into restricted area and that was clearly identified oh, where the restricted area was at yeah i mean that's the whole thing is that, that it didn't matter all they, they so it's like the area around. 51 it's not where the cyclone fence is at it's back where the sign was at is that right yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so what they do is they put the a sign up that's kind of small. It looks a little you scary, could, you but there's nothing else around. Easily. And whether you missed it or not, the sign is there, but it's it's an induction to say you can come on a lot closer. The road is still there. The road doesn't look different. It's an open desert. Just keep traveling because nothing is there to stop you. It's just a stupid little sign, right? And so you keep traveling, then you come up to a hard cyclone fence, and when you're there at the fence that says deadly force is authorized beyond this point, that's when the little men in black come scooching by in a SUV and can scoop you up because you have already committed the crimes. You're already trespassing because you went past the sign. So I think that's why a lot of the laws are passed the way that they are, so that everybody's committing the crimes and they just get to choose when to enforce those. Which is why I kind of agreed, not with the reasoning, but with the dissent in that if it can be interpreted to be used against um, what should be free speech, then I think the statute should be thrown out because I don't think I should have to figure this out. First of all, is this speech protected under the statute or not? You see what I'm saying? And so to me, yeah, he committed a crime. There's no question that that's not protected speech. You can't you can't, you know, fraud is not protected speech. But that's what I was afraid of with this statute that they would use against the J6ers. So I'm agreeing with you. I guess now that it's happened already, they just need to say they have standing to say that this was protected. We were just, this was just speech. 
Yeah. And a misdemeanor is not felony intent. I agree. Uh, you know, you, it's just, uh, I don't know, we're just letting this happen in front of us as Americans. Well, you know, ever since they started with Trump, the coup that was the slow moving coup that's been a, a slowly happening. And it's it's something humans can get used to almost anything, even hanging. And what that means is if you slowly put a noose on someone's neck, you slowly lower them down. They'll think, oh, yeah, this is normal. My neck's tight. I can't talk very well, but, you know. And if you slowly do it enough, eventually you'll die, but you won't do anything about it. Well, I mean, if that's a poor executioner, he's supposed to drop it where it cracks your neck and it's over. It's like the frog in the water. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, you know the, the, the thing the thing is, is that I'm taking – it's encouraging to me that the Supreme Court has really protected religion recently. Remember the guy up in Utah – no, Seattle. Worse than that, or Portland. Portland. Remember the coach was praying? Yeah. And he said, look. How dare he? He can pray. And, he, and if someone wants to join him, they can join him. As long as the school doesn't say, hey – you got to go pray with Coach Brown or whatever his name was. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. But Coach Brown's out there on the field praying, and you want to go pray with him, you can go pray with so, him. And he protected that. Okay. He, By the way, he went back to coaching this year. He, yeah, he actually, when he was doing it, he would. He was not. He goes, look, if you want to come pray with us, you can. You don't have to. It's not going to affect you playing. And by, they looked at you know how he coached. And they couldn't prove that he only played the player, you know. The, right. The oh, yeah. But, it would do it, it, well, he really had trouble proving it because most of the time the other team came too. Yeah. That, that makes it harder. <laughs> <laughs> so they protected that. They protected guns over and over again recently. Um, Although they did uphold the ghost gun regulation, sort of. Did they? Yeah. It just recently happened. I missed that one. They shot the injunction down. Yeah. That's different. Yeah, I know. I know it's different, but, you know, I'm hoping for a sweep. All right. Well, anyway. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Um, Temporarily, you can't have your ghost gun. Well. (laughs) Anyway. um, I can't make it now, temporarily. You can't sell the parts or you can't make it with your own 3D printer and keep it You can with your 3D printer. It looks like that's that's you can do that if you have your own 3D printer, and but, you know. 3D printers, you know, I don't know if I want to shoot that gun, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, they, they've, Although there is one guy, that's all he does on YouTube. He prints them and, and says, let's see how long it'll last. And he goes out and shoots them. Well, you know, the crocodile guy lived for a long time, too. That's true. <laughs> Eventually, he comes and gets you. I would not be shooting a whole bunch of those 3D printer guns. <laughs> He's doing it. Almost weekly on his YouTube channel. Hadn't died yet. But now, the course, crocodile guy, he got killed by a snake, right? No, he got killed by a manta ray. That's right. Yeah. Stuck in his heart. One at a billion kind of. Yeah. He accidentally startled it. He <clears throat> come over an edge of coral reef, and there was a big one right there, and the tail was right there. They startled it, and it threw its tail up, and its little spine, about a fist length, went straight into the heart. You know, you know it's your time to go. Yep. Yeah, I mean, if you ever saw that guy with the most venomous snakes on the planet, yeah. he was playing with them. Uh, oh, look how beautiful crikeys, you know. Uh, Why was he down there? Just they were shooting this, the show, I yeah. think. Were they looking for monitor? I don't know what they were sh- what they were looking for, but they were shooting a show underwater coral life. Have you ever seen a video of it? No, no probably never probably, will. You probably won't. I don't want to. I was just curious. Yeah. 
All right. So so you well, you solved J6. We know what's going to happen. Awesome. Yep. They're going to say, Why? hey, it's unconstitutional as <laughs> applied to these people. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> they got standing. They have standing. Sorry. <laughs> it makes it real simple. Sorry. All right, tell me what the difference between, you know, we always heard this back as a kid. Um, there was two kinds of no from a woman. <laughs> no and no, no. Well, I, this... <laughs> This may, this you may have to have standing. That was used to be a thing oh, that really? guys would go. She didn't really mean no. Oh wow! Yeah, but you've heard the as word. As your HR professional, <laughs> oh, I'm just hey, James' I'm perspective you, does I not am, share that view. I'm not saying I share it. I'm saying that used to be Maybe a thing. The, well, yeah. you know the word coy. Yeah, C-O-Y, yeah. C o y coy. Mm-hmm. You're just being coy when you say no. So yeah, that your no didn't mean no. You're just being hard to get. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what that's what they would say. Oh, like the what's that song? Baby, it's cold outside. You yeah. know, that's like the oh yeah, okay. Yes. Kind of entrapment, you know, that kind of. I don't know. Well, in in Australian speak, they have real confusing string of no's and yeses, mm-hmm. and um, it wasn't until I was watching a show where an Australian uh, native was a. Well, I don't mean native, as in the mm-hmm. older natives, but I mean people born and raised there. And she was explaining the way you have to interpret the yeses and nos from Australians is based upon the last one. So while you're talking, say say um, we're having a discussion and you want to buy a vehicle from me and you say, I want to buy your truck for $10,000. And I'm while you're saying that towards the end of your sentence, I might, yes, 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 yes. I'm sitting here saying yes, agreeing with just your ramblings. And then all of a sudden, at the very end of like five, six, seven yeses, I mm-hmm. say no. Mm-hmm. In Australian speak, that's a hard no. That means don't ask me again. You're fixing to make me upset. Even though all those yeses came, those yeses weren't agreeing with the number. The yeses were agreeing with I understand what you're saying. And the no at the end is that hard no. Don't ask me again. And it's just the opposite with a whole string of no's and then a yes at the end. It means absolutely. I totally agree. So if next time you listen to Australians mm-hmm. talk on, on on a show, on YouTube, anything like that, and there's two people talking and one of them starts towards the end of the conversation or the end of the sentence, given a whole string of yeses or no's, watch how the very last one is the opposite of what they're saying. And then that means that That's absolute. really what they mean. That's yeah. more of an absolute oh, wow. exclamation point. Wow. But it's what the about opposite? all yeses and a yes at the end? I, they didn't discuss that. <laughs> I didn't get that key code. Okay. <laughs> Interpretation. All right, so now how does that apply to getting us a Speaker of the House, which I don't care if we ever have one? Oh, I was just using that terminology. Oh, because I'm trying, <laughs> trying to find it. You wasted about 10 minutes of my life. <laughs> well, <laughs> that won't be the first 10 minutes you waste, James. Anyway, uh, <laughs> especially with no violence. <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay. Have you had your Vivans? No. <laughs> I don't take it. All right. So I, I no longer take it during the podcast. He wants me to be um, more James. Yeah. All right. So, so it stands right now. There are eight that are still holding out, and one says, "There's no way I ever will." And he's from Nebraska. Yeah. I, you know. Well, that's when you say I never will as a politician. That means he's, you haven't given me what I want. Wait. 
I was a five star. Yeah, I'm a little general. more expensive than that. I was a oh, I was a four star. General. I'm not that easy, is what that means. Yeah. That doesn't mean no. I don't change my mind. Yeah. I have a feeling you don't become a four star general by never changing your mind. Uh, that that <laughs> would be my thoughts. Well, in 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 Speaker of the House vote speak, a soft no is just changing it to present. Doing the old Barack Obama present because mm-hmm. when they do that, they lower the threshold for how many is needed to be majority. Really? So they can change from putting down stupid choices, which they were naming dogs and cats yesterday, a couple of them, I think. Didn't they do George Bush? Yeah. Yes. But uh, they were doing Scalise and um, McCarthy. There was like three for each of those. And then there was three that were for other. And what's their objection to? To uh, what's his name? The one they're trying to get in now. Principal, they're mad. What happened? They didn't like that uh, McCarthy got kicked out like he did for lying. For lying, and yeah, they didn't want an employee to fire the boss for lying <laughs> <laughs> and not have a plan. <laughs> their plan is you get that rid of the plan. You see, how <laughs> no, you no, their plan. The plan. They're upset because they didn't have a replacement plan uh, ready to go that's fully supported. Well, so there's a bunch what? of them that are mad because of that. You just got up there and was a hothead, so I'm going to be a hothead now. Yeah, we're not getting all sorts of things done. Wait, no, wait. Henry. Because we don't have a speaker. All these things aren't getting done, but I'm going, really? Looks like everything's working pretty well. (laughs) Henry Adams, in that the government does nothing well, the government may as well do nothing. Yes, that'll be on a T-shirt. I hope so. (laughs) And I, that's how I feel about this. Look good. Don't do anything. (laughs) (laughs) I mean. You enjoy your perks. You know what? (laughs) What, you know. It's such a hot button issue to try to do anything, right? I mean, they weren't doing anything. They were doing a lot of things that they shouldn't be doing, in my opinion. Spending the debt. Oh, it scares me a little bit how it's gone up. So right, much. right. So, so I don't oh, think yeah. Gates, Gates needed a plan. I just know you aren't going to be speaker because you lie. Well, <laughs> how do you ref- you can't reform this system? What you have to do is break it, nuke it. Nuke it. That's well, that's what, what he kind of did. That's what I think he did. I'm happy with it. I'm Listen, if he were here, I'd vote for him. <laughs> okay, by the way, our uh, rep, from our, our congressman from this district definitely voted for, what's the, who's his name? That's running. Jim, Jim Jordan. Jordan. Jordan, thank you. JJ. They're going to vote again today, see if he can get more than 200. But the objection is against him personally. It's just they, they're mad at Gates for doing this. Right. Yeah. And so we're going to keep doing it. I imagine there's going to be a few different votes today. Do you think? And I think some of them may actually flip to present, which can help lower the threshold. Plus, you've got the longer they don't do anything and America goes, huh, this isn't so bad. Maybe they shouldn't do anything ever. Yeah. That's why I <laughs> They say. can't spend. They can't. I kind of like this. The long, longer that goes on. The more they're likely to say, wait a minute, they're going to replace us. So how long is it before this stopgap thing they pass in? It was 45 days, so you just look it up. Okay, so we're, we're less than 30 days now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so time 44th day, they'll have it figured out. That's all I'm saying. Does Biden even decorate Christmas? Uh, no, he just sees twinkly objects. Other people decorate for him. He goes, those are so twinkly and sparkly. Anyway. So that means whoever does become Speaker of the House, their first thing that they're going to face is, do I shut down the government or not? Mm. It's not going to be a pretty sight. I would love it. <laughs> I mean, and 
<laughs> don't do, you know, Matt Gates, I've seen him for operate for a long time. You got to remember, he was being so effective that they all of a sudden found this interstate charge of a young lady bringing her across for prostitution. All of a sudden that came out. And he was like toxic. And then he brought this small coalition of conservatives together. So when McCarthy was first getting, all of a sudden he's back in the game. This is the way he dealt himself back in after being basically. And it was false charge. It was super false. And there was nothing to it. McCarthy wouldn't drop it. And that was his beef. McCarthy's a liar is why he... Look, he was trying... The one thing I thought was the best thing that Matt Gates was trying to get done through his Freedom Coalition or whatever it's called was we vote on one appropriation. We don't put all this crap in any spending. It's one and done. That's kind of what he was... And McCarthy agreed to that. Right. And because he went back on that, I think that was what was the final straw for Gates. One of the funniest things Dwayne said was... He's going to be able to tell his grandchildren he survived McCarthyism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is interesting. His name was McCarthy, uh, our Speaker of the House. And, you know, considering that was the anti-communist. You know what McCarthyism is? Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay. I, I figured you at least had to hear that. Yeah. You never know. I don't yeah, know yeah. what they teach in school anymore. I don't know. Yeah, we we had to learn that backwards and forwards, as I remember. Mm-hmm. But it was, you know. Like you say, now there's even people who think there might have been something to it, that there might have been actual communists in our government back then. So, oh, there were. There's no question. I mean, that's what, um, what's his name? What was the guy that, that um, Chambers? Whitaker Chambers? Yeah, Whitaker Chambers has proof. So, in that, you know, even in our system, you know, if you look at it strictly, if if the people elect a communist to represent them, they can elect a communist to represent them. Yeah, I'm gonna look up Whitaker Chambers. Who was it that he uh, he he outed? He was an actual working, I maybe working for the government, and was an agent for for the Soviet Union. Whitaker Chambers, and I don't know how he survived. So that that brings up a question. Jump into international mm-hmm. news. So if you vote in a horrible type of government, are you subject to the crimes of that government? It's your fault they're there. And specifically, well, I'm referring to talking, Hamas and the people of Gaza, the Gazians. Here's, you know, that is their government. They voted them in. Okay. If I vote in, if I do a Putin election, <laughs> right? Alger Hiss is who he outed. Anyway, if I vote in Putin because, you know, you can vote for me or death. I don't know if that might not have been what happened in the Gaza Strip when they voted in Hamas. Voted that, under duress. Yes. I don't, if they were, if I would be with you 100% if it was free and fair, but we don't even think we have that now. (laughs) (laughs) So am I, you know, Biden got elected. Am I beholden to his crimes? I, I, I would say no, but you know, that, that's. That's the complication in the Gaza Strip as far as Hamas being in charge. Well, They're with, in charge because they have all the guns. With with Hamas being in charge of the government, it's not very it's not vettable <laughs> to decide which Palestinians are good versus bad. And I think if you look, one way to do it, surround the area, shut off everything and say, come on out if you want water and food. That's one way to do it. Yeah, but they're, they're shooting people who go or say they're going to. What, well, is, what does Israel do about that? 
All right. Well, here's the thing. I talked about this with Victoria a little bit yesterday. There's a, there is a, she'll cover in criminal law um, when someone uses a person as a shield. So I'm, I'm, I go into a bank and I grab the bank teller and I put her in front of me and say, if you shoot me, you shoot her. That's a shield. That's what that is. But if I take my own daughter and put her in front of me and say, if you shoot me, you're going to shoot Katie. That's a sacrifice. That's not a shield. You're sacrificing your daughter. So I think that they need to put it out that way. I think that, you know, Israel, for some reason, hasn't attacked yet. And I've I've got several reasons I think that's happened. But one of the main ones is you don't want to let them know when they're coming. (laughs) You you sit there and you sit there and yeah, they're coming, they're coming, and yet you're wearing yourself out waiting yeah. for them to come, and they have it coming, and then all of a sudden they come. It's like offsides on fourth down. I would use this time, though, to say, look, they're sacrificing their people. They're not shielding them. Just don't use that word shield anymore. It's a, it's a sacrifice. You're taking your own people, and you're putting them in harm's way to, to protect the bad guys. That's a sacrifice. And I agree with you, but the people who will have to report that are corrupt. No, uh, would it, would it be, Israelis do have press that's friendly. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying is they need to get this out. Hey, they're sacrificing their own people. That's what they're doing here. They're not, this isn't a shield thing. This is a. This well, the, is, the hospital is a good uh, yeah. way that they can do that. So they're putting together some video proof right now to release out about the hospital that 100 or so got killed. And they believe they have all the video proof that it was one of Hamas's rockets that the motor malfunctioned and then it fell and then exploded on the hospital. Yeah, uh, of course, it's on X. Uh, But but our administration (laughs) is trying to admonish the Israelis for the hospital right now. They haven't acknowledged that it's more likely Hamas. Although Biden did say it was most likely Hamas. Oh, he did finally yes. say that? He said that when this he met morning? with Netanyahu. Yeah. All right. The, okay. the, the, the Santa Claus followers on this thing, which I do believe still that he has got a lot more behind Biden administration than even Obama. I think that Santa Claus is behind all of this. Klaus, how do you say his name? Uh, Schwab. Klaus Schwab. Yeah. Not related to uh, Charles Schwab, by the way. Okay. Big difference. Big, big difference. Um, so, so anyway, the people who think they have all of the knowledge that they're smarter than the rest of us, that we don't know how to take care of ourselves, they, that, that they know when we need to take a vaccine, they need to know, they know when we need to shut our businesses, they know when we need to, um, when, when can you take Vyvanse? Somebody in the government thinks they know better than I do and my doctor when I should take Vyvanse. All of these people who that are considered know-it-alls are reeling right now. This thing's falling apart on them, on the on the on the on the Schwab people. Oh. It is. Those intellectuals are really looking bad right now. Well, in 2023, what do we know? You can't trust data. Experts aren't expert. Elections aren't elections. Elections may, and I don't know. I'm going to say this: are neither free nor fair. Uh, <laughs> they. Uh, they also, we know that it looks like maybe the vaccines weren't all they were cut out to be. Uh, although I did get a flu shot. Uh, <laughs> full disclosure, I took a bunch of vaccines. So anyway, uh, but he was only five two when he took them. There yeah, you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> now I'm basketball tall. Anyway. <laughs> There is a rumor, though, in eighth grade, I was this height. Anyway, um, <laughs> if you look at all that, it's it's you. the wheels of the machine are exposed now. That's the difference that we've got going. In other words, you see how the CIA, FBI, whoever is, manip- you know, Washington Post 
for instance, who owns the Washington Post? Bezos, right? Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post. I thought it was the Moonies. No, not the Moonies. Uh, uh, <laughs> five Am I the minutes. only one gets that joke? <laughs> they used to own the Washington Times. Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so Bezos owns it. Is that a good business decision for a, a basically that thing is losing money right and left? Has been for a long time. Or did the CIA say, you know, Jeff, it'd be really good if you took this on. You've got enough money to keep it going. And we use it a lot. And to do the right thing, what do you think? And then he takes it over. And all of a sudden, if you if you look at a lot of uh, people who analyze this type of thing, they say, yeah, that's CIA's way of getting things out that they want out in the media. Uh, and that by the whole nature of our secret organizations, this is what they do eventually. They take over the means of uh, thought. PSYOPs. Okay. I know this is what I always do right at the very end. I ask this question, but it's all four of us are going to have to give their answer. <laughs> you ready for this? So Jeff Landry has been elected. He's going to have the House and the Senate. Okay. Two years in the Rose Garden, what do they call it? Is that what it is? Rose Garden. He's honeymoon. Honeymoon. He's going to be able to do what he wants in the first two years. What he's going to use that political capital. What should he use it on? Louisiana considered the suckiest state. Now, I, I want to say this before we start. I don't think that it's any chance that Louisiana is the suckiest state. It is if you grade it by wokeness that puts us in there with Texas and Florida and you know the other southern states that everybody are leaving the north to come down here too. Somehow or another, they're leaving those good states and coming here because those. But everybody always laughs at Louisiana, Mississippi, Arkansas. You know where I can't even believe you have shoes on. You know, <laughs> aiding and abetting. So, so what? What should you use it on, Glenn? <sighs> to me, I think making our election system in this state, at least, and I know it has a lot of good features right now, but getting a system so I know my vote was counted. Okay, that's a good one. Well, aside from the obvious road system, I would like to see that fixed. Um, He's not God. I know, yeah. <laughs> You're talking about acts of God now. Every time I leave this, this state, I go, where did the road go? Because it's so smooth. Anyway. I don't know. I think um, a lot of people my age, we hear about like the Louisiana brain drain like you get your tops you go to college and then you move out of state i like louisiana and the culture and i would like to be given a reason economically to stay so i don't know how much control he has but finding ways to jumpstart the economy bringing more in incentive to keep young people here with with jobs let me ask mm -hmm. just and this is because it's fun for me yeah what do you think he has to do to do that I don't know. That might be an act of God, too. No, but. no, it's not. It's the easiest thing in the world. Give us back our economic freedom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, they go. Give it to us. We're going to make us the freest state economically yeah. in the country. For instance, mm -hmm. I can give you this, for instance. I dealt with this a lot. Sales tax in this great state. Mm -hmm. Do you know how it's worked? Mm -mm. It goes to Bucky's and Bucky gets to keep it. Well, that's one way. But another <laughs> way is uh my cup is taxed at 4%. Mm -hmm. However, my lid's 7% or the 8% or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. There's an exemption and it's a real stupid exemption. Also, you're taxed going in the back door and going out the front door. 
This is the only state that does that. The only state that taxes what comes in the back wholesale and goes out the front retail. Okay, so I agree with you. Yeah. That's a great one. Mm-hmm. Or let's make let's give economic freedom and become business friendly. Economic development through economic freedoms. Boom. Because you yeah. can't do it by by infrastructure you and got. take away these regu- these laws that are basically, you know, stupid in my opinion. So it's like take take the break off and let the economy roll. Right, right. Freedom. What's yours? Mine is. You're gonna have all, a tough time it, eating those two. Well, that's true. But I'm gonna add. I'm gonna give you some land. Yeah. Ooh. A little helicopters. Some, a little helicopters. That's mine. <laughs> a little something to sweeten the deal. So employers could attract good brains, the opposite of brain drain, by eliminating the personal income tax. That would attract good employees. Texas does it. And and I think we have enough economic activity and taxes on businesses that we don't need personal income tax to run this government. So if that means trimming a little bit of the government, there's more economic freedoms. And and less cost. Mm -hmm. And to get the government out of our business. Period. I mean, we have gambling. I thought yeah, that was yeah. supposed to help feed all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, so. gambling. You know, there's another thing. We have this, you know, in Bossier City, it's big time down there. And uh, the casinos are, you know, I don't begrudge them anything they get. I mean, they do what they have to. Uh, but these, I don't know, all these things that we have that we tax as a sin, you know, Either tax them like a business or don't tax them like a business. You know, these sin taxes are something I dislike. Well, isn't it when the government makes a sin more profitable and they become dependent upon it? Is it not their sin as well? I agree. The state state is treated as a person, an entity. So I guess the state is sinning, right? You know, the state is sinning by telling me what I can and can't do with my body and what my body produces. They are sinning. Okay. And it's none of their business if I'm taking drugs. Um, I'm going to say this: it's none of their business if I'm a prostitute. I mean, I get solicited all the time. I keep no, it's illegal in Louisiana. I can't do that for you. <laughs> Again, a violence reference, ladies and gentlemen. So, so I'm going to say, who is to say for the government to say what sin is? That's between that person and God. And if you're not hurting the third person, that sin is none of my business. It's just none of my business. And so, yes, I would, I would, I would, mine would be to, to start immediately working on getting the government out of our lives in every way we can. And I agree with you guys came up with three great ones that, that I agree that we, he should fix these elections now. They need to go back to paper ballots, purple thumbs, vote on election day, Whatever very few do. exceptions, if none really on, on, on mail in. Okay. I, yeah. And, and really remember this, ladies and gentlemen. Mail-in ballots and absentee balloting was very strict before right. COVID. Right. And then I would say that yours was been. In fact, it might go in the order that we're talking. The next one would be that, that, that we, we reason people graduate from Penn State or Oklahoma and don't come back is because they can stay in Oklahoma or Texas and make more money and keep it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't, you can't <laughs> keep it here. You yeah. Have, you know, and tell, tell me, I just now paid a huge tax back bill just you know, cuts into our cash flow because they get it. You know, they never want to share in my losses. I've no, had years no, where I've lost no. money. They never want to. No, hey, look, here's your third of, lot, of your losses. We've been taking a third of your <laughs> profits. We're third partners. We're going to pay for a third of your losses. They don't do that. No. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. But the, but but freedom is the key. 
I think we should eliminate the federal income tax and state income tax. I think it's a stupid idea. You should be able to keep your money. And then when you go buy something, you know, okay, here's the tax one. I can make my decision based on that. So you'd uh, be for a national sales tax? I would be for, uh, you have to tax something to pay for the military. But you know, first of all, you're going to have to to reduce the size of government too. Um, that part, I don't think he has the political capital to do. No. So I was asking for realism. All right, and then and then you got. I've already told you what mine would be. We we would buy more helicopters. <laughs> oh, you and Pinochet. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that was good, guys. That was. I enjoyed that. Um, um, I um, I especially like the last part. Those are very good answers. He's. I think. What do you think he'll do now? Huh? You got. You got. 15, right, you got. You got. Fifteen the, seconds to answer. Okay, I'm going. I think he's like Matt Gates. He doesn't have a plan. You don't think? I think mm-hmm. he does. I think he does, but I think what's going to happen is you're going to have these uniparty people who are going to, for the first two years, just argue like crazy. Say that won't work, that won't work, that won't work. We're not the clock. We're not the clock until they get a a split government, and then it'll go slow, and he'll get a few things done, maybe. Maybe. Louisiana's governor has a big bully pulpit. They do. Um, I don't know that he'll do. I, I, he, I think he might do the election thing. That would be my hope. Just, just let me know it was counted. Now, I'll give you one story, and James will love this story. Uh, my wife went to vote, and there was one person she was trying to vote for, and it just wouldn't push. And she, my wife being who she is, she said, um, I don't think this is working. So someone had to get in there and see all our votes. Well, push it harder, push it harder. When it wouldn't work, they shut that machine down and she went and voted a new machine. Wow. <laughs> that, that actually happened to her that Saturday we voted. Really? Really. When I went to vote, I had 30 minutes to explain why Charlotte was in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> they would not take my answer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I accidentally signed my name on her slot. That's what the problem was. And so they had to scratch it out. Oh, goodness. Where is she? What, uh, was, what was your answer? She was going to Bunny Island? No. No, Dwayne. <laughs> she was not going to Bunny Island. Dwayne wants Charlotte no, and she Sarah to go to Bunny Island so bad. That is a hard no. <laughs> You're supposed to say yes, 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 yes. yes, 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 yes I understand. Yes, no. Right. No. <laughs> We're talking Australian here. Do you have Thanks. anything idea what he'll do? I don't know. I think... Really, he needs to rebuild relations with the Louisiana people, like with that historic low voter turnout. Like, I don't think people have faith in the governor anymore. And that's what I would do. Mm, That's a good one. But I think that was a design. (laughs) That was designed. I mean, Mm -hmm. Louisiana voters are just used to going to the runoff. Yeah, that's a good point. That's that's what I'm saying. So you don't think Sunday morning when it was, well, here's how much you won. Here's how much you won by your governor. No runoff. You don't think Monday that we're like, oh, crap, we got to come up with a plan now. And so now they're no, exam no, cramming right Let me tell you why I don't think so. I, I call somebody who's politically active in South Louisiana because I didn't know who to vote for. I said, you know, I usually look at it, but I, I'm not that big into state politics. Okay. Probably should be, but I'm not. They affect you more. Yeah. And <laughs> his answer on it doesn't matter on governor said what? He said he'll, he's going to win today. He knew. He'd already, the polling and everything was out. It was that see, I think Landry made huge points going against our Obergrubenfuhrer's efforts to stop the economy, make us wear masks. You know, you, you know, it was ridiculous what what happened. Well, Jeff Landry fought against it, won some, lost some. One wa- one way grocery aisles. Yes, that, yeah, there you go. Yes, yes, yes. That's stupid. That's my biggest complaint. 
Well, it, you know, they, you know it, it, to think about that, that restricted those groceries' profits, really did. And we also, there was Kroger, is one that kind of stood out to me because during that whole- Is that a junk fish? No. Oh, that's that Kroger. is a grocery that's store. Oh, it's Kroger, not Kroker. Not a Kroker. Okay. okay. Uh, Kroger, sorry. Uh, they restricted themselves from bumping up the prices of things, but you couldn't only buy a certain amount. Okay. Now, you know, I get you. I, I know James is over here, libertarian laughing. Uh, <laughs> but that is the, the behavior because of the shutdown that would not have normally happened. So, that, Well, there was some good that come out of it because all of a sudden we could sell the one and the two ounce. Alcoholic <laughs> bottles. They had to make a rule that said during COVID, we can sell these little miniature bottles of alcohol. And that increased sales at some places. Yeah. yeah. And then, also, the, and you the notice take, alcohol the was alcohol. not restricted. That was an essential service. Well, yeah, that was uh, now through drive through You could take your alcohol yeah. home with you and you picked up your food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, liquor stores were not really, were, were essential. Services. Oh, they were open the whole time. I know. Mm-hmm. They had to go pick up Charlotte Margaritas. Yeah. Anyway, um, you know, when Charlotte said that when that, that one way one way aisle thing were going, they, they put arrows on the floor. Oh, yeah. So you would know. Did you see them? It wasn't oh, yeah. so I would know. It was so the Karens knew to get on to me when I was going the wrong way. So Charlotte says <laughs> in the middle of that, they got the errors, but then there's two sat halves of the store with the big aisle in the middle. You could go both ways in the big aisle. Mm-hmm. It was just the little aisle that you had one way. Oh, it was a by aisle. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, you had straight aisles, <laughs> then you had by. <laughs> so she, it was just you could go wherever you want. So people were bumping into each other and whatever. Yeah. But then she said, right in the middle of that, they moved the bread. <laughs> So you, you're trying to figure out where the bread is, and you have to go down one aisle, and that's not it. If you guess the wrong aisle on the way back, because they didn't move it on the sign yet. And she said it took her 30 minutes what, to find the bread. What happens if a grocery store has an odd number of aisles, and it ends up taking you to the back, and you got no way to get back and to the And then you're all, everybody's back there stuck. You'll have to repeat an aisle. Yeah. It's be like Blazing Saddles when they had the, you know. Well, or, or uh, Animal House that the band tries to go. Oh, yeah, the band went the wrong way. Smashed into the wall. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you very, very much. It was very fun. We went over 16 minutes. That even even Steve didn't hear those oh, six. It, n- trust me, when I take out the silences, 10 minutes is coming out of this podcast. <laughs> is there silence at PJ's coffee? Never. <laughs> Never a silence. Always a wonderful word, kind music. Uh, delicious coffee, great uh, Red Bull, all natural, by the way, and uh, pastries, breakfast sandwiches, just wonderful, fun, great stuff. I'd go there right now if I were you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it, Glenn. We'll be back tomorrow with tomorrow's the lightning round. Of course, this is not going to get played today, so you got to cut that out. (laughs) Thanks. There's just all sorts of things I got to cut out now. We'll talk to you later. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Adios. Thank you for listening.